Hello, hello. Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back for the penultimate eighth episode of Mindhunter Season 2. Story by Joshua Donan and Courtney Miles, teleplayed by Alex Metcalf, and directed once again by Carl Franklin. I thought this was a good episode. There was one pet peeve that I had, but otherwise I really enjoyed it. So I gave it a 9.6 out of 10. We finally come to some conclusion and I feel as if it was earned that the team itself earned their win with the meticulous amount of just detail and focus on one plan and why you can see how beneficial that is when you narrow down something versus chase multiple different leads and how the resources are determined by taxpayer dollars and how that not only influences the investigations, but have an impact on how far an investigation can go. Before we jump into the review, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever good podcasts can be found, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback for the last episode, blackercouch at gmail.com. I will be doing that episode tomorrow. I might do it tonight, but I'm going to say tomorrow because I'm going to go ahead and do the finale for... So I've already watched that black snow tonight. And here we go. Uh, sidebar, I finally realized what the clicking in the background is on my, on my podcast. It's been bothering me. Sometimes I don't hear it at all. Sometimes I hear it and I thought it was my microphone cord. So I changed it. I thought it was something I was doing. I could not put it together. And it finally clicked that it is me clicking, scrolling through my notes on my computer. And I didn't realize my mouse is that damn sensitive. So I'm going to try to not do that as much uh, and, and limit that. <laughs> or... If you want music back in the background noise, I don't know if that'll offset it as much, but we shall see. I'm going to test it on this podcast now that I finally identified the problem as I bring up my notes right now. And you probably are going to hear the mouse as I'm doing so. Okay, so we begin the episode with a BTK killer. They're back stalking people as they do. I'm not sure we needed this bit of interlude into the episodes this season. Maybe I feel that way now because I know we're not getting a season three, four, and five. So this could have been an early planted seed that they planned to pay off later down the line and we just never got there. But as it stands, it feels... Almost if I wish we had spent this time having Holden talk to talk to Bill about his feelings about his son because I feel like we just skipped over that and it was a big deal. Meanwhile, in Atlanta, they are offering up a $10,000 reward for information 
about uh, any of the killings now. It's 19. And instead of being concerned, well, it's not that they're not concerned about the killer on the loose, but in the news, it's highlighted how much money it's costing taxpayers to continue the task force that was assembled, kind of adding pressure to the make the problem go away type of tension you can often feel when you are put in these type of scenarios but then it could it can make the police and it has in the past go after the wrong person just to find someone culpable for the crime so it is about making sure the right person is caught and that I feel is being introduced for a purpose because our suspect is definitely our suspect, but is it our only suspect and is it our correct suspect? What was his name? Garland? I know I brought up that sin from the expanse sitting with Bill on the stakeout. He doesn't believe the KKK is responsible for all the crime spree as they're listening to the hayseeds. Like the older brother, Donnie, he's more of a middle level deal. His brother's more like small fry. They do burglaries, not anything too high up the list. But he does think the crime spree would be a perfect opportunity for the KKK to drop a couple of bodies of their own that they feel will just be passed off as just another victim of this other more prolific killer so i think that is something worth noting once again as we finally get holden on board with the idea that it may not be just one person after all there might be multiple scenarios happening just to one group and community for different reasons so they the KKK could exploit that, causing Bill to wonder why they weren't looking at them from the start. But I kind of feel as if the chief was saying that. Like, I've lived here for a very long time. I know who the enemies are. I know what they look like. He tells him Maynard has been looking at the clan hard because he tries to bring up the race car. Like, oh, he... He, uh he's a black mayor so why isn't he being harder on the clan well one the clan been then uh in those politic halls longer than the black mayor that's first and foremost that's the that's the city trying to rectify its past secondly it doesn't mean that he doesn't have to play politics because they know he's going to be going after or having a crusade He definitely doesn't want to step into that landmine by making rash conclusions. So he needs irrefutable evidence before he brings it up. Bell interrupts one of Holden's meetings once again with the sheriff. Pointing out they got something with Garland Garland, and are getting a warrant to bring the Hasty Boys in as they admitted to knowing the Jeter kid and threatening one of threatening to kill him something to that effect and going out and getting another boy 
Not wanting to be ignored, he makes a lot of declarations about the killer and believes the Sinatra Sammy Davis concert is another entrapment opportunity, something the commissioner has to approve, so they go there. The complete dismissiveness of the clan from Holden is a continued character flaw, and the circle jerk of point point counterpoint is transparent. This was my only issue in this episode because it ended with the same conclusion that the last couple of arguments have with there's 18 dead kids. Yeah, we knew that before we came into the room. It doesn't change the variables. That's why we are here. If you're just going to relent, why are we like, it doesn't feel like a natural debate, if that makes sense. We check back in with Nancy and Bill at the psychiatrist. I did not. I failed to mention that wonderful conversation, Nancy. Well, it wasn't a wonderful conversation. It was horrible. But the great scene Nancy had last episode with the poor, the poor toddler's uh, mother. And it was a lot because it felt as if she was wanting closure and I understood that for her but to to then I don't know offload that all onto me then ask to see my son like hell no you're not about to see my son I know that you have the best intentions but I don't I don't I don't know I don't know how I feel about any of the scene because I know this is how people cope but I I just you know, there's two traumatized families. And I think that Nancy was not ready to hear that. And she kind of felt compelled to sit there because she felt guilty. And she felt as if she owed it to her to give her that. But it was, it was a lot on to her that she is not necessarily because I don't want to use words like blame but it clearly mentally messed with her even further to the mental breakdown that she's having so it's almost like okay I can release all of my negative baggage and leave it where it belongs and now I can go and and move on not really move on but like make peace at brian's appointment she not so subtly brings up wanting to move in six weeks excuse me bitch let's move on to wendy who had a very odd arc she has become lost in this season in an unintentional afterthought she is forthright with Kay about her desire to ask uh, her to move in to take their relationship to the next level she's like all i want is you then the doorbell rings and she goes oh crap i swapped weekends i forgot i swapped weekends and wendy goes who is it wendy love after that statement it does not take a rocket science to figure out that it's her son as well as her ex-husband coming to drop him off. Upon hearing that she's looking for another job and her ex is not really happy with the 
the way in which she has chosen to become a bartender and have a place that's not the best place you want to really bring your child especially when you've come from a certain lifestyle before uh so so he's bringing those things to attention and she's like okay yeah you know i'm still looking for this that and the other thing and she says i want to introduce him to someone this weekend and the ex-husband says well i don't know he needs stability after the divorce and she's like oh it's fine it's fine he's like is it someone important and she says oh no 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 and that's when she leaves i'm not sure why Kay felt the need to be embarrassed by having company even if it is someone she's romantically involved with then unless that kid's doing the most mental math he's not gonna know this is a friend of mom's And I can't think that Wendy is going to be someone anyone would meet and have a problem with. You know what I mean? Especially if you're like, oh, I kind of wish my wife would get her shit together and and go into a more uh, stable lifestyle, so to speak. So the room for the interviews are blocked off back in Atlanta with the FBI facilitating. Tanya chastises the boys for being loud near the payphones and explains the arcade is all some of them have to do because their parents are at work or they're in foster care. I do love her old school threat. You end up in a ditch, I'll kill you. That logic doesn't make any sense at all because I'll be dead of course being the fbi they see the arcade as another hunting ground for their uh, their killer the racist hayseed i can't remember his first name is brought in and questioned by garland and tench only admitting after it's revealed on tape that they were listening to him that he knew lube and had an incident that was verified People always referencing what's in the Constitution like they've read that shit. And I dare you to read it. I dare you to read it. It's written in a language in which is not one we use anymore. But I love how it's always quoted like it's the fucking Bible. You do know these rights are just privileges. The Hayseed brothers both passed the polygraph. No evidence is found. Holden <laughs> didn't even try to pretend to be interested in him as a suspect. Sometimes something the suspect even brought up, rubbing it into to Bill that his theories aren't panning out. While no one follows his or seems to take him as seriously as he wants to be taken. Because it's not as if he's being absolutely ignored. It's just he's ignoring everything else besides his own theory. He's very, I demand you you comply. And now his pride is on the line. His instinct is on the line. So this needs to be right for reasons that are, are, are far more internal than 
then uh, he's allowed himself to really contemplate. Then another body is found. The news reveals this is the six connected by fibers. Well, they know that it's the six body connected by fibers, but because on the news they said fibers were found, now that's information that the suspect knows and they'll change their MO, which is exactly what they do. And this is why some things that are kept from the media are kept from the media on purpose. Bill gets home to Nancy smoking in the garden with a monologue about how she was relieved that what Brian did was not her fault as he isn't really hers as he didn't come from her body. Oh my God! Wow! Get out of here, you meanie! Bill, typical Bill, does not know at all what to do. Like, okay, okay. I thought we were going to, you said we were going to. Take care of him. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Back in Atlanta, Holden, who was told by this guy all the things he would need just to get some flyers printed, is once again stonewalled getting everything he needs because by the time they get to distribution, it'll be too late. It isn't enough time. It wasn't enough time when he told him the first time, but because he's a piece of shit, bureaucratic nightmare he just told him what he needed to know at that moment meanwhile bill sees his kid looking like a mini jeffrey dahmer coming out of school i want to play a game he tries to make small talk this kid does not do small talk he decides to take him for ice cream get him out of his routine where the only response he receives is whether the fish died when he tries to tell him a wholesome story about how his dad took him fishing. Death is something he is either struggling with or fixated on. Both could be normal and concerning, especially given the circumstances. When he gets back, there is another body. Uh, They know to watch for bridges. And Tension, Holden finally have the conversation they've been needed to have with Holden saying, look, we've all watched Dragnet. I need you here. I need to lean on you when you're not here. I, I, I Basically, I'm not getting what I need from you. And Tension's like, yeah, well, I'm doing the best I can do. And you know why I'm doing the best I can do? Here's my life story in a nutshell. My wife's on the brink of leaving me. And the boss that you think loves you ever so much basically has tasked me with being your babysitter because you're a fucking liability. Now, deal with the fact that I'm doing the best that I can do. And they get back to it and they never discuss it again the rest of the episode. Maybe that's just what men do. But damn, I would have liked some words. They've been given four weeks to review the bridges with Tench fully supporting Honan's plan now. I like that Barnes pointed out that while your theory has common sense, because another officer while they were in the car together pulled up a black officer. And I recall the commissioner being very clear in not letting anyone know about this black theory. (laughs) 
<laughs> but the officer's like, this is fucked up. We looking for someone we know. Anyone down here must be some white cracker with no teeth. And I'm like, uh, that's stereotypical as well. And that's why some people get away with some crimes. You can't be narrow-minded, unfortunately. I'm not saying what you're saying doesn't have any merit. But only saying that's the only people that commit crimes down here <laughs> come on now <laughs> it's levitating our own race on a pedestal and we know that shit is not true uh so yeah they had that conversation at the bar and he's like it's not something i made up i did an experiment he's like where'd you do it in a completely different state he's like well this is not the same state they're not going to have the same variables this is more mixed than it is all black and that's like the hood hood (laughs) it's not like you're you're trying to apply everything to fit your theory instead of letting the theory come to you based on all the evidence and i think that's just a lesson of the season that holden is just destined in this episode to have a realization about and because he's been so fixated even though he appears to be right even his right doesn't answer all the questions of who has killed these now what number did they get up to uh sorry i gotta move my mouse around again uh 28 28 bodies in 10 months I did like the musical montage showing the pranks brings levity to the weeks that they've been out there watching the bridge when the chief has to pull the plug because they've just run out of money. I feel like I judged you so wrong, chief. Judged you so wrong. Barnes figures out 15 of the victims are geographically connected on the last uh, outing, he hands over some case files of pedophiles over to uh, one of the detectives because Holden had talked to a young boy that was at the hotel that was around Tanya, gave him $10 to go play in the arcade to keep him off the streets and safe. I like that he learns by watching he did the same thing because at the beginning he was ironing his tie and I was like, who does that? And then you have a moment of him taking off his tie because he sees Barnes being more relaxed and he tries to, you know, let some of his straight lacedness go. But yeah, he's like, I, I know what 10 bucks get me. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Hold on. What are you talking about? What does 10 bucks get you? Well, five gets you a Polaroid. He's like, whoa. So it turns out that these kids were not just doing errands. They were doing sexual favors for money because they're down on their luck. And uh, the kid knew some of the missing boys. And he points out that they did things for someone who lived in a brown house by the stadium. So that is who they are looking for in the pedophile case file. Someone who is at that particular house that's luring some of these boys over. Holden finally realizes in the car, (laughs) he may have been too myopic in his profiling. That it probably is more likely 
two people than one or at least two situate two serial killers operating at the same time or it could just be a sexual predator operate uh yeah a sexual well i guess they're still serial killers if it's sexually motivated or not the last day of watching the bridges finally pays off as they hear a splash at one of the locations they drive over they give chase to a car that's speeding away and because this is the 1970s it's not like 15 million people are out about at night they're able to very quickly pull over and snag mr williams who is stopped admits this must be about them boys but doesn't admit to being the killer and i think he has gotten away with it so long he is going to try to outsmart them at every turn i think this is going to be a showing truly why holden and bill are the best because they understand the motivations the insides of people like this person and so i'm really looking forward to the final confrontation in this episode or in the season but is it going to have the justice that that is deserved for the victims i don't think so that's just a thought if you want to send me back once again blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below my social media will be there as well like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic